Greetings and salutations, family, and welcome to another episode of Modern Faith. On this episode, I'm very excited to bring to you another edition of Breaking Bread. And this time around, I'm very excited to introduce you to my girlfriend, Morgan Whiter. She is a fabulous and wonderful and super smart and creative and grounded and centered personal style expert and the founder of Wider Style, her styling agency where she's helping professional women build confidence in every area of their lives. When you get into the meat of this episode, you'll hear just how I met Morgan and how we've been super cool ever since the time we met. But the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with her on Modern Faith is because I absolutely love meeting women who have a profound and spiritual connection to their work and who see what they do as having an incredible impact on others, especially on other women. Some will call this kind of work ministry. I like to call it purposeful and meaningful work. And when you meet someone who does this type of life-changing and perspective-shifting work, whereby they're helping others, especially other women, and when you meet a Black woman who's doing the best she can to help other Black women, you can bet that there's always a very powerful story behind her work. So just to tell you a little bit about my girl, Morgan, and I'm taking this from her blog, which as you... um, When you go to the show notes for today, you'll be able to find all these awesome resources to learn more about Morgan and to stay connected with her. But after studying economics at Georgetown University, Morgan spent a whole decade working at the corporate offices of brands such as The Gap, Banana Republic, Old Navy, Carter's, list goes on. She's super experienced and yes, she is a boss. And while she was in these corporations, she grew several businesses with her knowledge of merchandising, apparel production, pricing strategy, and international development. But she hit a point in her life where she wanted more. So she started Wider Style to help other women make the same transformation that she did and to finally help them see themselves, all of themselves, and their inherent radiance and beauty. Morgan wants other women to know that being stylish is okay and that it is safe. And she uses her diverse background to work with professional women throughout the world. And yes, she is global. And to help these sisters understand that being seen as well put together and attractive doesn't detract from their intelligence or professional accomplishments, but does in fact enhance them. I'm super excited again to share this episode with you because Morgan is such a gift. Her story and her voice and her perspectives are a true testament to the incredible things that can happen when we bet on ourselves, when we put our faith in God, and when we move into the direction of our desires and our dreams. You'll find lots more information on Morgan in the show notes again, and I hope that you enjoy our conversation. Thanks. Welcome to Modern Faith, a podcast for the spiritual nourishment for today's millennial woman of color. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry. Thanks for being here. So Morgan, 
Thank you for taking some time today. Thank you for having me. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I'm so excited to be here. I know, I know. <laughs> um, you are fabulous. And um, you are a personal stylist. You do, you help women to actualize the vision that they see of themselves. Is that what I, I love that. You're yeah. so great. I, <laughs> I am very lucky to get to help women to see themselves. I love what I do. Yeah. I love what I do. And you and I have known each other for a few months now. We Has met. it only been that long? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I feel like, yeah, so there's that. There's I that. There's that. I feel right. like, so we met at the Becoming we did. Book Club reading. Yes. And we didn't really talk or connect that night, but your comments that night, I was like, I want to be friends I knew, with And I'm so glad you thought that because I was like, oh my God, I love this woman. Like, <laughs> so listeners, if you've never met Nichelle, she has this total <laughs> vibe about her that is part regal, but part like girlfriend's girl. And it's like the best thing ever. So it's like you like want to be her friend, and then she's like, "Oh my gosh, like she's so fabulous. Can she no, really be my friend?" It's so true. true. But then you're the nicest, sweetest person. But there's an aura about her that is just super intoxicating. So I am happy to be in your house, thank drinking you. tea and doing this. I just Me I too. love everything you're about. I love everything you're about. Oh, thank you. Friend. And so I knew like the next time I saw. Cause I had to leave early that yes, night. Yes, you did. That's like, what happened. I, next time I see this woman, I'm gonna say hi to her. We're gonna be <laughs> friends. I do the same. <laughs> Luckily, we're you know we're both members at the same membership club, yep. and so I saw you, and I think it's kind of been one of those rest is history kind Amen. of things. We, and I love talking to you. And so I last time, well, the first time we got together for lunch. Mm -hmm. I forget the name of the restaurant, but the one like right off of Howell Mill. Yep. You shared your blog with me. Yes. yes. And we had been talking that whole time, you know, sharing our life stories, which is, you know, what you do first time. Yep. You have a, a girlfriend day. Yep. A new friend. New friend. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. Yes. But I, you know, you directed me to your blog. And it was somewhere at the beginning of the year. We were. This was in the context of talking about you know, our hopes and dreams, mm -hmm. expectations for 2019. And you direct me to this one post on your blog, which I'm going to put uh, the link to your blog and to this particular post Thank in you. the show notes. Please make sure you go check out her, her site because she's got all these fabulous pictures and you can see, you know, a stylist has <laughs> got to come with their A-game because they're basically their, their primary, you're your primary marketing. Yes, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about oh, that. Oh, we can yes. talk about that. Okay, we can Perfect. Talk about that. Okay. And so all your pictures are gorgeous. Your style is phenomenal. You have the most pop and curls, I think, mm. of any of my friends. Thank you. Yes, Thank girl. You. That's beautiful. Thank you. But this particular post, um, to me, has some really powerful themes. Um, obviously, you start the post by talking about um, your pastor, but um, something that's very relevant to modern faith. Mm. And the post is called, It's Time to Shed Your Grave Clothes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I wrote that right around Easter. Okay. Right around Easter. Yeah. And as we all know, like, or many of us may know, that's the time where, you know, you hear the story of Jesus and he's coming up out of the grave um, three days later. And in his 
place where he was in the tomb are his are the clothes that he was wrapped in by the women who cared for him and eventually the women who became the first proclaimers of the gospel and just had to slide that in there um and you know this is a powerful i just i picked i selected a couple of excerpts okay that I want to I love hear hearing you. you read my stuff because I can't. Oh, <laughs> I will be. I will travel with you to your speaking engagements, Please. and I'll it read. Sounds so much better you. when you read them. Man, this was so good. This oh, was so good. You. So there are a couple of points, and I, you know, wherever the conversation leads us, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. But she, um, again, the post is called "It's Time to Shed Your Grave Clothes," and she writes, "A few Sundays ago, my pastor encouraged us to." take off our grave clothes and start living life to the fullest. Of course, whenever and wherever the topic of clothes comes up, I take notes. While some may read John 11:44 and think of grave clothes solely as the clothes in which we are buried, in the context of the sermon and this post, our grave clothes are the things keeping us stuck in the past. For me, my grave clothes was a pattern in my personal life that until recently, I kept repeating over and over again. My shame and guilt kept me on a hamster wheel of bad decisions, preventing me from moving forward. But thanks to some big breakthroughs, I finally have the faith and confidence to make different choices. And while it was scary at first, each baby step I take is far more enjoyable than that daggone hamster wheel. So I wanna start there. Okay. Um, because a lot of us and where I ultimately want to go is I want to talk to you about how, um, a lot of us go through different changes and transitions in life, in our, in our lives. And we, um, we want to symbolize those changes mm -hmm. externally. Um, and I want to talk to you about how, um, your work in fashion and styling and aesthetics enables women to mark those amazing changes in right. their lives. But circle so let's first things first i want to talk about grave clothes and i want to talk about um the the sort of patterns that mm -hmm. ensnare us the kinds of patterns that we can get stuck in that prevent us from moving forward um and your experience with your grave clothes <laughs> which you started to talk about a little which bit which i started here. to talk about and um when i was writing that blog post I had a different, I had a slightly different version of that paragraph and one of my closest girlfriends edited for me and said, don't share that much. So I'm happy to oh, share wow. um, here on the podcast, but I love, I'm thankful for this blog to be my ability to intersect style and spirituality and my own personal experiences to connect with other women. And that to me is um, the most important thing about what the work that I do. And yeah. here with my hamster wheel at the time, March was... It was March, April was like a really tough time for me. Or it was the right, the seeds have been planted business-wise. Um, mm -hmm. They had been underground. You're in the dirt. You're in the darkness for a while. Like nothing seems to be happening. And then yeah. you know like the seed's about to sprout. Mm -hmm. And it's like that bursting point where it's like it's got to happen. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. <laughs> or it else. needs to happen or else. Like what are we going to do? Um, so my... That entrepreneurship has been a very much for me mm. a personal journey of looking at all of my patterns because when it's just Ooh. you trying to pay your bills but also do work that fulfills you, yeah, your own personal stuff comes up. So for me, that was my 
thought processes and practices on money. It was mm-hmm. my um, my where I was going to choose to put my faith in. If it was going to be in worry and lack, or if it was going to be in yeah. trust and surrender and abundance. It was yeah. also some some men stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That hamster wheel. That was one of the big hamster wheels that I finally like had a big breakthrough of like oh. I'm dating every man that's like my father, kind of, but not really. Like, let's unpack that. So it was like the the first half of 2019 was a lot of self-aware, a lot of awareness and being observing these patterns and then like taking that first wobbly step off that hamster wheel. And then now it's like, okay, like I'm going in it. I'm going forward. Yeah. 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 And so... A lot of people um, really don't know how to get off of those wheels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how to break those cycles and disrupt those patterns in life. What would you say um, were some of the resources that you pulled on and Ooh. that ultimately helped you get off? Um, I think the biggest resource was probably stillness or quiet. like. When you are constantly running or jumping or on your wheel, um, you don't have time to see the wheel. You don't have time mm. to see the the pattern that every man is the same man or Ooh. every two months you're in the same financial situation or like you're, you don't see the repeating. I truly believe that until you learn the lesson. The, the lesson keeps repeating itself in a different person in a different situation. That's, That's the right. same thing. That's right. Um, so for me... That time when business was slow, when those seeds were sprouting or still being kind of, what's the word? Matriculating. Cultivated. Yeah, cultivating underground. Yeah. I had time to think and see and journal and write and yes. be aware and, and hear God and listen to God. Um, that stillness gave me those ahas. If I had been running or doing some other things or trying to self-medicate, mm. <laughs> whatever that looks like, yeah. um, I wouldn't have seen them. Yeah. So getting... It's just stopping for a second is the biggest thing that I tell a lot of women or just friends, period. That was one. And then two, having That's people so in your good. life to um to call you out on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you talked you and I talked earlier before and, and you know, I've had a best friend um since we were two years old, so that makes us going on probably year thirty-four now, who has seen everything. Yeah. Um, so she has seen this, the patterns and the cycles. Um, so having people in your life that can point out your blind spots. Yes. And do it with love and do it with growth and not do it with judgment. Uh-huh. Oh, man. That's everything. That's everything. It's so critical. It's everything. Yeah. It's absolutely everything. And they you only get, get you. a few people who are like, who are like yeah. that. Well, you know, I, I think, I don't want to say that because I think my circle has changed so that mm-hmm. everyone in my life yes. in some ways. That's right is able to like the the friend who reads that blog post who told me eh, morgan this is you may not want to go that much to your business detail to your, to your business account um like i have this circle now of women like yeah. who who you, when you have someone's back it's literally looking out for them in their spots yes, they don't see that's and right i love that yeah, yeah. and so okay i want to ask so many questions i'm so excited that about this conversation. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know we're both coming up on we're, we're mid thirties, yep. you know, and I I I truly believe like getting to a place where we can say those kinds of things about our circles, that takes time, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes 
discernment and it takes, you know, having the kinds of experiences by which you experience what kind of friend I don't want to have and don't want to be, you know. And And it takes growth. And it takes growth. Because like my mother, I'm sure your mother told you, birds of a feather flock Flock together. together. So who I am now is attracting a better type of woman and friend than who I was. And back to that same best friend that we've had, I've had for 30, whatever, four years, I I was thinking about this earlier this morning, how thankful I am that she's been patient with me and that she's grown with me. She yeah. was always the wiser one, the more mature one in a lot of ways. And um, for her to see what in me, what I didn't see from myself, or to still be my friend, even in those lowest points, yeah, is, is huge. So it um, is huge. it's huge. And I think, yeah, changing my life and changing, walking away from corporate America three years ago um, and going on this leap of faith has changed my circle to give me what I needed to, yeah, you know, like I'm, I don't have facetious conversations anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it just feels really good when you are in a better place, the people that you are attracting. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about that journey. You know, what was it? Cause you, you have a fabulous education Mm -hmm. from Georgetown university. You had an amazing career in corporate America with, amazing brands right very very reputable (laughs) brands and um you know a lot of the trappings that a lot of people would look at and be like wow and then you then you decided i I want more for my life exactly what happened what what was that story about it was um i got tired of running from city to city and job to job thinking that something else would fulfill me Mm -hmm. um thinking the next job would be the one thinking another job another company with a better boss would be would be better i would be happier um i found a church here march of 2016 and i've been kind of exploring things and doing my own spiritual practice again new friends that come in my life to show me different books and, and different ways of thinking and that accumulated with um my church here in atlanta creating a spiritual practice for myself feeling like i I can't keep feeling this stress. I didn't know what I didn't know that my unhappiness was not normal or not the way that you're supposed to be. Ooh. Right? Like a pivotal moment grave for clothes. me. Grave clothes. I'm kidding. <laughs> like when you're wearing your grave clothes for so long, you don't know if the grave clothes. You don't. You you think that that is your. Girl, you, you, you think that is your daily uniform, and it's not. And right. so for me, that starting that journey of literally opening up and finding fulfillment within myself and like seeing that there's more led me to very shortly soon after make that leap out of corporate america didn't know what i was didn't know think and and god sheltered me because he because i think he knew i'm his i'm the type of child that if i knew what i was going into i probably wouldn't have made it i wouldn't have made the leap um so true but i did that um because there there was just there was more there's more there's more there's more than not being happy every day like there was a pivotal moment for me where like if I started March was I was kind of like in there getting open it must have been like April May I taken a vacation or taken some days off and, and this was 2016 2016 2016 okay and I um like it was my first I was headed to work on my first day but it was like a Monday and I'll never forget this I like left I closed the door of my apartment forgotten something had went back into the apartment and i noticed that there had been this this walnut i call it a walnut it's a pain on my heart chest 
it hit me again. And mm -hmm. I had not realized that I had been gone while I was at on vacation. And it hit me in my chest, like in the kitchen. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's the job. Oh yeah, my gosh, it's where I'm going. Go I have to go back. Mm -hmm. I have to go back. And that also was like the, oh, what I've been living as my norm of this weight, literally this weight on my chest. It, it's not normal. It's not, normal. it's not normal. And you had a taste of what life it could was, be, be like, without it. Yeah, and so when it hit again, when it came back around, like, yeah, that was that was the that was the beginning of the end of that transformation for me. I ended up yeah. leaving actually September sixteenth of twenty sixteen was my last day in corporate America. So this is going up right this month's my three year anniversary. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Three I years. love that. You know, um, it's a it's a powerful story because many of us haven't really been taught to um, be connected to our body in that way mm -hmm. um, or to listen to the messages that are trying to mm -hmm. that God is trying to send to us right. through our body. Like it's it would have been easy to write that off as, oh, I need to go to the doctor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with my chest that wasn't wrong with me when I wasn't going to that job. You know, and, and that's the kind of way that, you know, a lot of us are programmed to yep. think, you know, yep. but, you know, how, what would you say, what, what, what drove you to pay attention to that? What drove you to actually say, hmm. you know what, this, this is not, this is not, it's not that. Like, you know, um, different. I think it's Oprah that quotes like, life will send you whispers yeah. and it'll tap you on the shoulder yeah. and then it will send you that brick wall on your head or that brick on your head. Ooh. And... Um, I think so many of us as women, a lot of our, I fundamentally believe a lot of our health challenge, especially as black women or stuff that's internal, that's manifesting. Right. And we ignore it and we go to the doctor. And for me, <laughs> every day, like I have friends who call me the sensitive soldier. Like I go hard, but I'm always like hurt or I always hurt myself somehow. But that's to me is my body saying, nah, like, yeah, no, not this. I, I yeah. so I've always kind of been the wuss in some ways. My body has been very very sensitive oh, very interesting. um very very sensitive to whatever i eat to like what i feel um so that wasn't necessarily new for me the awareness came from again that stillness that quietness that yeah, like yeah, yeah. having a, that time away from the office where i could hear That's my so own funny. self think that then let god talk like when you're not trying to hear anybody else or run around to the next thing he speaks to you very he or she speaks to you very he and she speaks very clearly to you yes i want to do that <laughs> god talks that's the i love it yeah i think that's right i think that's i think that's absolutely right and so i love that you talked about stillness and i love that you talk about the importance of actually being reflective mm -hmm. on our lives and the things that take place and clearly out of that experience with the body and, and this and your body and then the subsequent you know reflection you made a really pivotal decision to change oh. your life and in that paragraph that i read you started let me just read what this very powerful line that just jumps out at me it says thanks to some big breakthroughs I finally have the faith and confidence to make different choices. And I am I am a huge, huge proponent and a huge believer in the whole notion that our growth um, is measured by our ability to make different choices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I really just want to underscore that. Yeah. And so you made that choice to uh, make that major life change. Yeah. And, you know, 
what have been the day-to-day -day sort of decisions that you've made to kind of sustain you in this this Ooh. journey of, of being an <laughs> entrepreneur uh you know of faith you know mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day is um 95 percent of my mornings have quiet time i have a daily meditation that comes from my church um that i have to the if even if it's five minutes if that doesn't happen then by day two or day three like i just feel off so starting that morning with that time um journaling has been very very helpful um for me it's and it is it is choosing like your power of choice that you mentioned it's it's literally sometimes when I couldn't pay rent or couldn't figure out things, it was literally in those moments choosing to shift my brain from that worry to that faith. It was literally keeping my, and it can be physically exhausting sometimes um, to mentally choose a different thought. And that's what, and that's what sustained me. That literally was um, reprogramming my mind. And I'm not even, I mean, it's always, it's an ongoing practice. It's a spiritual practice because it's yeah, always that, yes. ongoing, but, that's right. um, it's always a choice. And it, you reminded me, uh, I think it's a course of miracles that talks about a miracle is a change in perception. Like that's all it is. And how you want to choose to perceive things is the miracle in itself. So I get to choose Ooh, how I want to see that. things. And that's, yeah, that's a day by day, minute by minute choice. Yeah. And when a client says no, choosing to think, okay, God, I know there's something bigger for me. Not choosing the worry, the panic, the this, or like choosing to, to stay positive. Mm -hmm. And I, again, shout out to my friends who can remind me of that some days. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of effects have you seen that um, perception shift have in your life? Oh. Of choosing to focus more on what's good and what's flourishing. That's every day. Mm -hmm. That truly, truly is every day. Like when it comes to dating, um, yeah. <laughs> like, like you know, I've had lunch conversations on this, but yes. when it comes to dating and, and, and getting ghosted on and choosing to thank God that you covered me and protected me from something that I, I couldn't see for myself. Yeah. Um, in the business, like I mentioned, it's the clients or it's the, it's the, it's again, those faith. And I do a lot of corporate work and that timeline with corporations and getting, getting those approvals takes a long time. Like your seat is in the dirt of paperwork and shuffling and meetings and approval for a very, very long time. So that keeping the faith is, is huge. It's huge for me. It's everything. I couldn't be an entrepreneur. I wouldn't have been an entrepreneur if I didn't have this faith. I wouldn't be. Yeah. I, I like, Morgan, who was in corporate America, was doing the best that she knew how to do then, could not do this now. Yeah. She couldn't. She couldn't. Mm. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> you just shook me with that. Because I think that's, I think that's kind of the point, right? I think mm -hmm. that's kind of the point of, of growth is just being able to say, like, I'm in a place now where... I can handle more. Yeah. I'm in a place now where I can I can do do things differently. I can do things on a you Absolutely. know more authentic scale. I can you know, I can move in the world in a different way because I'm not the person that I was. And that like and it's all it's always just down to the smallest of choices. Like mm -hmm. me leaving my job on September 16th or me announcing I think it was September 2nd wasn't like there was a lot of little choices that led up to that big one. And so like that quote unquote big one 
So by that point, that big one of submitting that resignation wasn't that big. It was just another little step. Like I actually journaled this morning of like, God, like order my steps and make that next step crystal clear. Yes. Like I sometimes get caught up in the the big vision, the big idea that it's like it's overwhelming and that you don't know what to do because it's like this big behemoth task to do. Right. But it's literally just... What is the next step in front What's of me? What's the next step? What's the next step? Oh. As women and as black women, we have all this pressure on us to do Wait. so much and achieve and be the best and the smartest. And, you know, like I'm sure you heard growing up in, in a mostly white neighborhood in white city and white schools of like you have to be five times smarter and you mm -hmm. have like... Just, just what's the next step? What's the next what's step? Because, yeah, step? and I find myself telling students this a lot. Like right. when they come to me for kinds of, for for counseling, I there's so much anxiety. There's so much anxiety. Oh my gosh. And there's all different kinds of ways that Generation Z are dealing with their anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um. Might be another episode, another <laughs> it's time. It's totally another episode for you. Um, but so much anxiety comes from these sort of narratives. Yep. You know, being the best, outshining the next, even if it is another black woman, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Not seeing, you know, my success and another black woman's success as interconnected. Yep. Um, or having to be the first. I, I have a first. lot of clients who have felt that pressure to be the first black woman x so then therefore they have to be the best because if they're not then the next one doesn't come so like that's a that's too much pressure like <laughs> i i can you know i had a conversation this is such a pivot because i promised i was going somewhere with that last <laughs> line um but last week i had a moment i had some of my girlfriends from my girl my girl clergy group were in town and we were all talking about you know different things we were doing in ministry and i was talking about how i was kind of railing on myself because i had shown up to my pulpit last weekend not really feeling very prepared mm. and she was like well tell me you know what's been going on and i was like yeah i officiated my brother's wedding last weekend and then this weekend we had this leaders retreat for the students and like stuff was just a lot a lot yeah. and my girlfriend um her name is me kim court and she said you know sometimes our body is the offering Ooh. so we've been having this conversation i kept thinking to myself and i meant i wanted to bring up my body as a temple which goes into clothes and all of that but yeah like yeah you being who you showing being up there is, showing up is enough you're worthy is enough sometimes all the time and i would love to be that woman that shows up every sunday with a perfect <laughs> perfectly exegeted perfectly written manuscript that's logical and flows from a b c d finally to the end but some weeks, like he said, like the my body is the offering. And I would love, I'm here, y'all. And I, love I would you. love to be the stylist that doesn't go to Target in a cutoffs and <laughs> socks and a t-shirt. Like I'm like like you know like I'm not the one who can be fabulous all, all the time. time. No, I don't. And I I don't want to be. And I don't want my clients to feel that need to. It's about being authentic. It's Which about. means that inevitably there's going to be a day or two or three or four or five where the best I can do is show up. You know, yeah. I washed my face. I brushed my teeth. I'm here. I'm showing up, you know. Yep. Um, but what I was what I was thinking at that moment was, you know, a lot of us, uh, we move through the world with a lot of anxiety. <sighs> um, and a lot of that anxiety is 
related to the future. Absolutely. You know? It always. It's always, it you always, know? Yeah. But I love what you said. Like, you know, what's happening in the future is really not our business. Mm -mm. Like, that's God's thing. Absolutely. My business is the here, the now. Yep. The yeah. very, mo this present moment. Absolutely. And what is mine to do next. Yep. I, lo I love that. Amen. And so... One of the things that you wrote about in this in this post that's really powerful is an experience that you had with one of your clients where you described she had this mounting anxiety of walking into her closet mm -hmm. and getting picking out something to wear. Yep. Or not. Or not. Yep. Ooh, or, or not. not. Or not. And when you, you know, kind of did your your thing, your process, you discovered she was triggered because she she couldn't fit any of her clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. her clothes were a constant reminder of who she had been and yeah. a, a former life and you Happens know all the time how do you how do you what's your process with people when you know what i see now is that there's a tension between who you are becoming and who you used to be absolutely absolutely um i that process comes from me being that client so part of my story um is when i i came to atlanta from new york I came to Atlanta for three reasons. One, my parents had moved here a few years before. I had just started dating a guy um, who happened to live here. And then the company that I most recently left three years ago recruited me down here. So it was a trifecta of reasons. Yeah. Get to Atlanta, um, move in with the guy that I just started dating like three or four months ago. Came to the land of a restaurant that makes really great chicken sandwiches um, that I, that I had not been um, privy to in other cities. And it was right across yeah. from my office. And I was stressed in this job that didn't was not the right fit, was not what I thought it would be. Mm. So I gained a lot of weight. And yeah. every time I would walk into this closet that I shared with this man in this relationship that I didn't, I didn't really know him. And I had left this sex in the city lifestyle um, with my girlfriends and walking and happy hours and partying too living with a man and trying to build a relationship and a job that had me working tons and I was stressed and my body was, my sensitive body was gaining weight, eating like a man, like all, you know, he would have dessert and I would have dessert and all of this stuff, this nesting phase and stress. I would go into this closet and all of my clothes are from New York. None of them fit. And it was a, I don't want to swear on here, but it was the biggest mind F-U-C-K that, <laughs> that I ever experienced. Yeah. Of, like you just feel like less than because you were no longer that person. Yeah. Like it was literally looking at. I can't relate. I, yeah. Like you, I was looking at my closet, like reminding of my life that I had in New York City when I was happy with my girlfriends. And it was just a different time. Yeah. Um, And I, so I would then feel bad about myself at seven in the morning. So what did I do? I would go to whatever restaurant and get the same things that were making me like exact, exa feel better temporarily. So exa exaggerate the problem. It wasn't a pivotal moment for me. It was me and old boy got um, really cheap tickets to Italy. And I said to myself, I'm not going to go to Italy not being able to fit clothes. Like, I was like, I got to, like, shop for something that fits my body. I want to go to Italy feeling good. So, like, yeah. I started buying clothes that fit my body shape in that time. So, I had to go up in size jeans. Um, and I had fun actually kind of curating this really tight wardrobe of stuff to pack in one suitcase for, for nine days. And that's when everything shifted. When mm -hmm. I felt good in what I was wearing then, I felt better about myself. I didn't have that reminder of like yeah, that morning. So then yeah, actually, yeah. I he, me and him had a huge fight in Italy and I ended up leaving the two days after we got back. Because yeah. I was just like, I'm not, 
not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not going <laughs> to feel bad about myself. And that was, that was a big motivation for me. Is like literally seeing how I felt in that current state helped me make better decisions and helped me let go of what was. So when I go into a woman's closet, um, I'm thankful for the women that share their stories with me and, and, and go through this journey with me because we all have had that. We've all we had have that. We all have had that transition or that moment in like holding on to that past and then trying to, it's scary to see what you could become. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that process is, it's just natural, just it's conversation. It's asking why, why are you holding on to this? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how the in the blog post, it came up of the um, the woman who, I, I knew this client from back in high school when she was literally rail thin, like literally size four, if that. Um, I think her size four was her like her big, like her big jeans. Um, and then now she had kids and she, two, wow. two, two kids, two grown kids actually, but and she was maybe wearing like a size eight. And I say this to say that no matter what size you are, there's still those mm-hmm. issues, Self-image you know, like to issues. me, she still looks thin and tall and whatever, but that that eight year old that size eight woman who's birthed and raised two amazing women, two amazing kids yeah is not the same at, you know it's not the same woman to wear the size four that's and, right. and we shouldn't expect those two to be like you mm. sh- we, we just can't it's not fair it's not honoring who we are now oh wow yeah so I hope that answers the question in the process it really does I mean it's really interesting to think about how we correlate what's going on in our lives with how we self-present. Absolutely. Um, You know, and I'm sure you've seen the gamut Uh, (laughs) for better and for worse Mm -hmm. in in your Mm -hmm. line of work. But, you know, a lot of people, myself included at various junctures in my life, like if something amazing has happened, um, I want to refresh my hair. Mm-hmm. I want to go get my color touched up or get a new style or go get some new shoes or new makeup, new makeup, something, yep, something. to mark the occasion. Yep. Um, similarly, say something is awful, mm-hmm. something awful is going on or I'm having a difficult time. I, I can relate to the experience of kind of struggling to get the motivation to put effort into it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, what do you, in your experience, what do you, what's, what do you, how, how do you explain that? You know, like how we want to symbolize and mark our life changes on the outside. I grew up hearing from my mother, um, perception is reality. Mm-hmm. And that's a loaded statement that has some truth to it and also a lot of not so positive truth to it. But it then kind of found it shaped the work that I do. And I say that because how people perceive us is their reality of us. And so when we as as humans are going through a big change or we are trying to we come out of the cocoon, we want to signify and show the world me perceived as a different person, which is why sometimes like the hair coloring or why clients come to me after divorces or right after or right at the same time as a new job or mm-hmm. um right after a baby or like all of those things we are literally using our wardrobe to signify that we are different so then hey treat me different when when how ah, people perceive us yes. in some ways is how it's well it is how they perceive us is how they think of us how they treat us how they respect us or not like or not or yeah. not so it's it's doing your best when you're changing your outer to control 
some of the narrative that people have about you. And I know that seems kind of vain in some ways, but scientifically proven it's true. Um, the things that as a humans, we, we are, we are, our brains are meant to, to make a flash judgment and, a, and 60% of that comes from what we wear. Um, mm -hmm. so it, it is our attempt to, to take control of some of that narrative, which is why I ask every client, like, what do you want to be known for? How do you want to be seen? Like who, who inside of you, who's that soul? Like, what does that soul want to show? Like if money weren't an issue, if your hips weren't an issue, like, what do you want people to think about you? And let's then make the clothes match that. Yeah. I'm not dressing just a cookie cutter. Like, what do you what do you want to be known for? What do you stand mm -hmm. for? And then let's use your clothes to support that. I only work with women who have a strong sense of self or who are coming through to get that sense of self, who know that it's time to get that sense of self. Because I can't dress you if you don't know you. I can't. Mm. I can't. And you can't either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe one day you'll expand your team to include like a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really cool, actually. Who yeah. Could, like uh -huh. help you read your uh -huh. clients for, you know, maybe you'll yep. meet someone and she's like, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I, I, and I have yeah, that. I don't know where they, I'm they, at. They, well, some people say that they don't know. And then one of my good friends, a coach who I've taken this question from, said, but what if you pretend like you did know, what would it be? Because so many times we say we don't know, but we know. We have some kind of Especially inclination. That's right. That's right. We do know. We know. And we are and, and but but at some point in our lives we've been socialized to not ask for what we really want no. or to not go for, you know Or say we can't have it. Say we, we talk ourselves out. Talk of ourselves all out of it. it before, before anybody else can. Yeah. Before anybody else can. Yeah. What's that about? Oh my God. I mean, I, I, I find that I'm, I talk to a lot of black women about, and I don't know if it's the season, but I find myself constantly saying to people, specifically black women, have you been gracious to yourself lately? Mm -hmm. Like, have you been merciful with mm -hmm. yourself? Yep. Like, have you, have you been tender? You I know? say the same thing when it comes to clothes. Yeah. We, we beat ourselves up and our bodies so much about what we're not. We're not. Show yourself some grace. What we're not, what we're not doing, nope. where we're not showing up, yep. you know. And I, you know, there's just so many different, like, ways to come, to, to go about the work of reconstructing and rebuilding, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was Picasso that said every act of creation is first a act of deconstruction. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, every... Mm. Yeah. And for me, it's as, I mean, as superficial as before we go shopping, I go to your closet and I blow it up. Like, we got to blow it up. We got like, we to purge. We got to get rid of. We got to look and see, like, what are your grave clothes? What are the things that you're holding on to in there before we can build your new wardrobe? I don't, very rarely will I just take a new client out shopping. Like, that's not me. Like, I got to see what you're holding on to. I got to see what you're what you think of yourself. And that's what's in someone's closet says so much. What the closet, what the layout is, what the, like, it just tells me a lot about a woman, what she thinks about herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have like a very soulful, spiritual, intuitive approach to your work. Mm -hmm. And the irony there that I see <sighs> is like a lot of people write off you know, the fashion industry, oh, totally. you know, as yeah. full of vanity and absolutely. absolutely devoid of spirituality. But 
you know, you are honing in on a work that is potentially very healing to women, you know? It absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. And not to like, so, I'm very, No, yeah. but no, 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 don't do no, that. You're right. Thank you. Don't thank do that. You. But it because is. Because yeah. it is that. It is. You know? I'm very lucky to be a vessel for this work of God. A vessel. Very, very thankful. Very thankful because, and I even struggled 10 years in, in corporate retail. I was a merchant. So it was my job at some of your brands, your favorite brands that you probably shop to determine the pricing and the inventory and the color sort, sort, uh, assortment that you experience when you walk into a store. And I always felt this guilt or like, this is so superficial, the work that I'm doing. Like, uh, I, I felt that. I was like, this is just clothes. And, you know, I was an econ major and I thought I was going to go to law school. And, um, like, I just, I didn't feel like my work was very deep. Um, of course, you're doing well that you're doing for a reason and a higher purpose. And now I can see that that background in corporate retail has helped me feel uh, this business and what I'm doing. Yeah. But yeah, like I was one of those believers too of like, this is superficial work. Yeah. Um, but the moments when a woman puts on a pair of jeans that finally fits her body and she can see how good she looks or um, the texts that I get the next day after shopping where it's like, I finally enjoy getting dressed and I feel good each morning. Like those are the things that yeah. like, That's powerful. it's powerful and it, it's, I'm so thankful. And I had a really cool experience. I do a lot of, um, I call, I have a workshop called body love that I do sporadically. And it's literally about helping you learn to love your body and your size and your shape, no matter, no matter where you are. And, um, I had, my mom come to that workshop and it was a to, she was helping out but i saw you know women were crying and breaking free from the 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 burdens of a tummy and learning to love and how to dress yourself and it was cool for my mom to experience and see the work that i do and that was something Ooh, like oh i love that it was it was probably one of my proudest moments of like getting to my parents to witness that yeah. Did they have, what, were they supportive of your move from corporate? Nobody understood it. I, I didn't even understand it myself. So that's why that meant a lot. Yeah. And, they, and, they, and they've actually been very supportive in helping me when things got tight. Um, right. I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful, again, that I'm in the same city as them. I, that purpose, like God yes. moved me here to be close to them. Um, but it, it, I didn't grow up seeing entrepreneurship. My, yeah, yeah. my both, my mom is retiring this month from the same company after 35 years. Go ahead, um, mom. Right. So like commitment. Um, commitment. And I, so they support me in the best ways that they know how to, yeah. but that entrepreneurial mindset in the, like there's, there's been a lot of times where I couldn't talk to my parents because I don't want them to worry. Like, cause it's just, it's just a world that sure. they don't, they're not familiar with. They're not it. familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. But they've always, um, appreciating and supported me and knew that I was capable of anything. And I think, which is so great with how black people parent our children, we have to instill with them that you can do everything and be mm -hmm. everything because the world doesn't tell us that. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes they just couldn't understand it. Yeah. But they've always been supportive. supportive. Yeah. Have you ever had an encounter with a client who was like, I didn't sign up for all this. Like, I just want to be styled. Oh, yeah. I tried to fire a client. Um, <laughs> she wouldn't let me break up with her. We had it out. Really? Um, yeah. Um, give me some who don't, who don't want to Who don't want to do the work. Yeah. Who, um, I'm not a personal assistant. Like, I'm coming here to, I'm coming to your closet to help you purge and get rid of and see what's in there. Um but this is an active two-way process. Like you have to, invest. you have to invest the time. You yeah. have to, you have to, I can help you, but you have to dig out your own shit. Like you have to, <laughs> like you have right. to, 
you have to give me the year. If you leave it up to me, I'm going to get a lot of this stuff. So that was part of it was she thought she could be passive in this and that this was just me dressing her. Um, and then there was an element where she didn't really want to trust the process. Like the stores that I suggested, she called me and said, you know, I want... I want to go here. You're sending me to this, you know, you're having me meet you at this store and I don't ever find anything there. Well, you're not me. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the expert. Right. And I'm the expert. You have to kind of trust, trust that you're paying me to be the expert. And yeah. so we had this long conversation. I was like, you know, like I can refund you X percent. She's like, no, 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 no. And she decided to trust the process. And by the end of that shopping day, she's now one of my biggest fans. Um, mm. But it is a, it's a process. So, like I said, like you have to be willing to go there. You have to be willing to, to, to change and to do things different. Like even just, I have a lot of clients who, who have nice clothes but choose to wear the frumpy stuff or choose to not show up for themselves by putting on the sweatpants and the t-shirts because they quote unquote work from home every day or mm. this is quote unquote comfortable or whatever yeah. whatever excuses you're telling yourself and you have the options already there. You have to choose differently. Like, I can't do that work for you. Like, yeah. I can give you the clothes and we can buy the clothes, but you have to choose differently. If you're not willing to make that choice, then we're wasting might, time. We're wasting time. We're wasting time. It's, you have to make that choice. And I think, like, agency is a powerful thing to mm-hmm. to take on and to to walk in because you, you get a taste of what it feels like to make empowering choices and be in... In control, and so far as we yeah. have, a, yeah. you know, a finite amount of that, mm-hmm. um, and then it's 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 sort of like it has a ripple effect it's in life. It's like, immediate. It's like, oh, this is what it feels yeah. like to to walk in my authority. This is what it feels like to actually choose myself. So yeah. I'm impatient. That is one. Of, that is I'm incredibly impatient. So what I love about my work is that you put on the right clothes. You feel different the minute you walk outside. You see that ripple effect. How you're treated yes. by people. How you oh. st- how you stand taller. How you like Facts. it is like. I admire like the therapists and the coaches of the world that want to do that long work with clients. And now, nah, like I want to, I want to see that immediate like that rush I get from seeing a woman like feel better. Or even for me, when I put on one of my like favorite outfits and I or my favorite pair of shoes, like I feel it. And that's what yeah. then your whole day's different. Your whole life's different because yeah. you're choosing to show up for yourself. Yeah, that's all. I just I just choose you. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Choose you. Choose you. Your app and my underlying work is you're worthy. Like no matter your size, no matter your no matter anything, like you're absolutely worthy. And some people think that as like, well, if I'm worthy, I don't have to quote unquote do anything. But no, you're worthy of like of showing up as your best. Like your body's a temple. Like God doesn't want any any of his any of his missionaries looking ragged. Like you have to look like he brought you through something. You get to look like success. Don't look like what I went through. Right. You know, look like, like be a testimony in your image. Like, mm-hmm. like no one wants to be around. And there's a um, the science of getting rich quotes. Like people want to be around people who give the impression of influence and success. Point mm-hmm. blank. So if you don't look like you're investing in your image, whatever that means for you, nobody wants to work with you or spend money or with you because you don't look successful. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's true. It's very true. I I think I think that I I think I've experienced some of that, and I and I, you know, as I'm moving to to close, um, I think about the times where 
I knew something was a big deal. Mm -hmm. I was walking into a big meeting or I needed to make a strong impression. And I always correlated um, my sense of power to the height of my heels. <laughs> I don't do high heels for real because I would always do a flat so I could be comfortable, but I get it. I get it. Every woman has that thing. Every woman has, Every that, woman has thing. that thing. And, you know, there are times where, you know, even if I'm shaking in those in those in those shoes or even when I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen, I can do the best I can Yo. to get my energy up, to self-present in a way that reflects how I feel about myself. Mm -hmm. and, and how others will treat you. And I've seen that. Yep. I have seen that. I. Mm-hmm. And I do think that at the end of the day, there is a certain subtext in those decisions of believing that I'm worthy. Absolutely. It's, um, I'm worthy of whatever the outcome is going to come. Yep. I'm worthy of the blessing. For I'm me, I know we're closing, but for me, it's always been um, my, and again, I'm not, the work that I get to do is because I've, I've been on the other side of it. And for me, my own personal journey is knowing that I'm worthy of being seen. And so, like, that was, you know, years in a job, like, in companies I didn't like and I was trying to hide or, or being the tall, only black girl. Like, you're trying to hide in some way. So, it's like, you're worthy of being seen. You're worthy of being in the room. So, damn it, command that attention. Yeah. Put on the red lip. Put on the high heels. Whatever it is, like, you're whatever worthy of being seen. So, make it worth their while. Give them something to look at. Give them something to look at. Yeah. I think that's a powerful place to end yes. i want to keep talking but yes i do too i know we could we will. we will but i you know people be like don't keep don't don't have your podcast be too long i'll be like i know i'm trying but i'm a talker my friends are too so if you had a last word to share with the listeners of modern faith what would that be you're worthy of being seen yeah whatever that looks like for you for black women um we're just in a time where everything, who we are, is so politicized. Your hair, your body, everything, our complexion. You're worthy. You're worthy. Yeah. Ashe. Thank you. Thank you, Morgan Whiter. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Let's um, finish up. We've come to the end of this episode of Modern Faith. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please take just a second to rate and subscribe to Modern Faith on all of your preferred podcasting platforms and check us out on the web to be able to contact us and find more information at modernfaithpodcast.com. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, keep the faith.